Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, lovely listeners. Welcome back to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. This is a cool episode. I've got a super cool episode ahead for you. I've got two guests joining me today. Uh, This is a very impromptu recording that we've all come together to do for you. If you've captured the title of this episode, you'll know that this is all about the Johnny Depp uh, trial and saga and story that is playing out right in front of us now. So there are three of us here that are gathering together to have a chat about that. And I wanted to welcome on the beautiful 6-2 ego manifester, Vanessa Henry, as well as the gorgeous 4-6 ego manifester, Catherine McCollin, who is from the Evolutionary Empress. You might have come across them. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. I'm feeling like a lot of ego energy up in the house. As the splenic manifester over here with a defined spleen, my ego is like, let's have some fun. You're welcome. Here we are. There's like a lot of vibe and energy up in this space. Um, and can I just say it's a real privilege to to be in a space with two ego manifestors. I genuinely like, I dig this so much. I think this is such a gift. So thank you both of you for giving your time for this episode. I know we've got a lot to talk about. We love the, the horn pumping. Hey, we're just like, pump me up. Sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> Like you can just feel it in the room. There's some bro energy happening here. Okay. So I'm not even going to do like business introductions or anything. We will, we'll put all of your links and stuff in the show notes. Vanessa, you have been on the podcast before. Like people know who you are. And we're not here for selling shit. We have some important things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Catherine, if people don't know who you are at the Evolutionary Empress, just just go and follow Catherine. She's great. She's awesome. She's a an ego manifester going through her Saturn return right now. So like, damn, she's fascinating to watch. You got some interesting stuff going on in your life. (laughs) So the Johnny Depp situation. I mean, for anybody who's been living under a rock, Johnny Depp is currently going through a defamation case with his ex-wife. Amber Heard. Um, He is suing, I believe, uh, for $50 million for defamation, and she's counter-suing for $100 million for defamation over him. And this is all centered around her allegations of domestic abuse in their marriage. The really interesting thing here and why we're having this conversation is that Johnny Depp is actually a 2-4 emotional manifester. I don't know Amber's human design. I tried to look it up, couldn't find anything. Do you know? Couldn't find it. Someone sent me a chart that they were playing around with. Um, so exciting, exciting. Yeah. Um, so let me find it. I, okay. So 
hypothetically, she is a one three sacral generator with a completely open, uh, no, open G center, undefined throat, undefined ego, undefined emotional solar plexus, obviously. Oh. Um, that's hypothetically. We don't like. What's the birth information we're going with off that? Um, we are going with just a noon, a noon birth time and her birthday and where she was born. So April 22nd, 1986, Austin, Texas. Usually what I do in those situations is calculating a 24 hour chart. Like I'll do three hours every three hours and watch it change. And you can pretty much, you know, see, but for the sake of the show, I will not be spending my time doing that. (laughs) No, I was just going to assume, (laughs) I mean, we're focusing on Johnny Depp, but it's, it's always helpful to know the other design of the characters, the key characters involved in the storyline, you know? Yeah, I think we we can kind of pull some interesting information about that dynamic of relationships of manifestors to other types, right? Some of the totally. we have some kind of key characteristics that show up, I think, between different energy types. Um, but yeah, mostly focusing on Johnny Depp. I mean, I don't even want to fluff around it. I think let's just go straight for the jugular on here and start talking about this experience, what we're witnessing of what it's like for a manifestor to experience trauma, right? Which regardless of like allegedly, allegedly, you know, like was he abused? Was he the abuser? Whatever. I think that we're seeing some very key uh, qualities of somebody who's been through a traumatic experience. Whatever. I think it's be. safe to assume both those people in that relationship have been traumatized and abused been from various degrees. So we can just Correct. kind of assume there's been trauma, there's been abuse, which is not a, a foreign um, detail in a manifesto story, realistically. not It's not a blanket statement, but it's not foreign. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Which is what intrigues me straight off the bat, is that we've got Johnny Depp seemingly, who has this kind of very successful, very aligned, you know, all of your dreams come true as a manifesto life. And yet he's been experiencing this sort of behind the scenes trauma. I'm curious what you two think about that, what you might've observed. I think for me, it's just been fascinating to, cause I found myself getting, I don't want to say annoyed with him, but this is so silly. But when I, as I've been watching the videos, listening to his testimony has been, it's been bothering me because of the way he's speaking. And then I realized the other day, as I was getting annoyed by it, I was like, wait, this is a man whose voice should just roll out of his body. And he's stifled. And so I think for me, it's been interesting to think about being a manifester, experiencing trauma and your voice, like what happens when you don't get to speak and how you almost forget to speak or feel Mm. uncomfortable to speak. And then also observing him as a two, four and how he basically just imploded on himself and caved in completely, which I think, um, you know, kind of just perpetuates the rest of it because it just makes it worse. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I've been seeing it. Something I find super interesting is the totally open spleen, not an activation in sight, healing, wellness, instinct, intuition, the whole area, letting go of things. I find that particularly interesting as is his totally open head center. Again, ideas, thoughts, certain things getting stuck in there, put in there. Um, I'm very interested. 
I'm very interested in what you said though, Kat, because his two, his throat activations are both conscious. The channel of inspiration from gate eight in the throat to one in the G center, and then the channel of money, the 21 to the 45. That's, that's a confident speaker. Mm. That's not, well, that's a, that's a self-assured speaker. And so it's interesting to me because it sounds like in the testimonies, he's speaking from other voices or something. Um, It doesn't sound clear and direct, but I don't know that necessarily his regular dialogue does. I'm not particularly familiar with how he converses in his everyday life. I would only be basing it on the characters he plays, you know, but if he has been, if he's, let's just entertain the idea he's been defamed. He's got three activations in his heart and let's entertain the idea he's been abused. That's a completely disempowered heart center. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he can speak from there. And and he's also an emotional manifester. So, uh, you know, it's interesting he could to be really the, discouraged. Yeah, it's interesting to watch for me the difference between the cross, like cross examination and just him testifying because he that that motor kind of kicks up point. when he's being cross examined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's more. Free he's also not designed. He's not designed to respond. Yeah. Yeah, and you so can that's also interesting. Him, you can see him getting angry during that cross-examination, oh, yeah. you know, like that kind of like stop asking me stupid questions because I don't I don't actually want to respond. Yeah. I get the sense from him that he's like, I've put all of this energy into showing up here to following the procedural questions that we've planned, you know, from, for my legal team to ask me and I'm responding and I'm saying the right thing and putting myself on display and, and also showing my vulnerability here. And that's enough. That's enough energy expenditure for me to do. That's kind of the tap, the edge of my control. Right. And now I'm getting pissed off that you're asking me to respond, which I think is just so, so manifesta. That's such a manifesto experience that like, I know it's inappropriate for me to be angry about this because everyone else is able to do it, but I'm angry regardless. Love how you said that. Even just entertaining the idea, thinking about being put on the stand, the pressure that's going to come with that, the eyes are on you. And then you're, li- you're literally there, sit down, be in response. So what must that just be like to even hold that and be mm-hmm. in that scene? You're already at a disadvantage, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I love Which is a perspective touch- I've never thought of. Yeah. I love that you touch on the open spleen too, Vanessa. I mean, obviously one aspect of the story is that throughout this journey, he had a lot of drug use, um, drug abuse, in fact, right? And that was a really significant aspect of the trauma that he experienced because in his representation, that was the lowest that he could be, right? That he was completely weakened and, and completely um, open to whatever was going to happen to him from other people, very disempowered. And I, I think that's really important, right? Because we, I know that manifest just so often gets spoken about as like, you know, we're really independent and we follow our own rules and we do whatever we want, but that's a manifestor completely in alignment. Like what happens when you're a manifestor out of alignment, who also has these nuances in your design, like an open spleen where you don't know how to take care of yourself. There's so much here, though, too. Like, he's a 2-4. That fourth line, he was completely cast out of the community. Like, he was villainized, bad. Like, in, in, a, in a way, you could say lost the community, lost the, the Pirates of the Caribbean role, for example. I have, like, specific memories of, like, 
him going into like hospitals dressed as that character, like embodied that character outside of like um, making it in a movie, like really like found um, some type of bond with that character. And then and that whole identity that was once like celebrated and cherished became kind of stained. And then part of your life's work that you've built is now, you know, ooh, he can't get a job anywhere, that whole piece. So I wonder about the discouragement and just how much the outside community fourth line opinion would influence the discouragement. If you can't, if you're, if your community doesn't adore you anymore and they're like, oh, you're, they have icky feelings about you. I can imagine that like the, the type of anger that would come from that, ooh, you know, could be potentially destructive. But it sounds like most of the bad shit happened before this. Like this is why we're in this situation. They had some drama between the two of them. Um, so is it worth knowing anything about her character? I mean, in order to understand them? Um, probably, probably. Yeah, I, so. Whether you determine that based on her like supposed human design or whether you determine that based on, you know, her, her behavioral characteristics well, that she's shown and up, just it's also, hard to tell. And also just knowing the like, I mean, granted, I don't, it's not like I know these people, but I have been watching the video. Tell us. Tell us. The trials. So just knowing the dynamic, like, I think also, you know, going back to that open spleen, we have like to not consider his incarnation cross. And I say this as someone who yeah. was born 24 hours after him. So we mm -hmm. have the same incarnation cross and like to not consider the fact that he completely created Jack Sparrow, like changed yeah. almost everything that Disney told him to do. He made that character. And now you're taking, like, she's going for his kingdom, you know, right yeah. across the road. She's taking everything from him. So, the, and, and then on top of that, this idea of, you know, part of that incarnation energy is like, no matter what I'm going through, it doesn't matter. I don't show it. You don't see it. I don't show it. I'm in control of my own Good self. Mm. And so to have his whole addiction and that everything just on display, like everyone now is finding out his personal business. That's got to be like totally dehumanizing almost. Mm -hmm. I, it would make me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, so Amber, um, there was a part where he went during his, I think it maybe it was like day two during his testimony when they started talking about, you know, he's got a whole island and all these penthouses and like who moved into penthouse one and who moved into penthouse two. And it was all her friends and family. Mm -hmm. And they were like, and how much rent did you charge them? And he kept saying nothing, nothing. I, I paid for it. I charged them nothing. And like, every time he said that my, my That's first some channel money shit. Yeah. heart just like, Oh, cause you know that like, yeah. that's who he yeah. is. Mm. Yeah. And so I think considering her, I don't know, I can't help but be biased also, but I just really feel like that plays into her character. When you say like, mm -hmm. is it helpful to consider her character? You know, she apparently like is now saying that she didn't know who, at least I've heard her say, and I've seen videos where she didn't know who he was. I don't, I don't know how that's true, but then there's like audio of him talking about how his mom said, like, you grew up with my posters on your wall. And I can't help but feel like I don't know, like you're just taking him for his money because that's who he is, because he's going to give it to you. Mm. Let's segue into a fun part of the conversation now. This is something I've been saying, uh, hearing myself say in a couple different spheres, um, when manifestors are turned into tools, 
And suddenly people figure out how they can wield the manifester. And we, because mm. there is this dialogue in the human design community that you can't control a manifester, which is such bullshit. Manifestors mm. can be so manipulated. Oh, yeah. They want to be loved, they want to be liked. And as soon as they do love you, they will, like, they can, they'll do just about anything for you, especially, you know, if you're part of their, whatever, if they have feelings for you, feel some kind of way for you. And you can see how that can really become distorted and how that is taken advantage of. And then it's very easy to go and blame the manifester, mm. which is not to say that like he didn't do bad things or whatever, but something that this, this, a larger conversation that this brought up, this whole trial is violence and abuse towards men, mm. which is something that people do not really want to talk about for some reason. And it's like, are you kidding me? that that if we start to go there and finally start talking about that we will get to the root quickly of a lot of other problems that we have in the world that men are not like you know how many i've seen numerous men be abused in their relationship yep. and it's it is weird it's like what do i it's just this strange thing that we're like they have to be able to take it they have to be able to handle it like it's a weird fucked up thing and his story seems to be initiating a larger conversation around like, how about just don't abuse anybody? Let's just totally remove gender from the equation. And can we just not be violent toward each other? Um, but people are, are, there's like such dialogue that I've seen that are like, he doesn't even get to um, say he's abused just because he's a man. And I'm like, what? Like, like what? where did these rules originate from? So I find yeah. that part of the story interesting. Yeah, we're still, I mean, on that wider collective story, we are still pendulum swinging mm -hmm, on, on mm -hmm. the concept of abuse, assault, violence, emotional abuse. Like we have been so far on the side of the pendulum that, um, you know, it's, it's all about women. Granted, statistically, like women are, of course, the ones who are abused more. But we've done that at the cost of saying, well, we can't even discuss or acknowledge or hold space for men who are also abused in this way. We say it's not even real. Yeah. Like, like no, like we immediately totally gaslight, totally. It's not even a thing. It's yeah. no, that's not, that can't happen. You're a man. Aren't you a man? It's this weird. Yeah. Why are we doing that? You know? And it's, well, it's all toxicity, isn't it? It's totally. all toxicity, yeah. just moving the lens into slightly different filters. And I think, um, somebody like Johnny Depp, obviously because of the social role he plays, that he's, you know, this wealthy, successful, famous celebrity and has held that position for decades, right? He's one of the most kind of celebrated celebrities we have, but also because he has that manifest equality, he has that kind of like, he's self-assured and he knows himself and, you know, he can take on any character and he does it incredibly well. And I think there's this real kind of cognitive dissonance for a lot of people of like, how could he be abused? How could he experience abuse? And I, I agree. I think that's initiating a whole social conversation. Larger combo. Yeah, it's gone under the rug just for so long. Mm -hmm. Looking at his design, like I can understand where abuse would come in. And so many times when you see those types of situations, it turns into both being abusive and, you know, cause it's just mirroring, it's just mirroring, it's just mirroring. And it's, and it's, mm -hmm. it's unhealthy, you know, mm -hmm. but also there's, there's now potential for extreme wisdom with those two totally open centers. Right. So and you can already see the learning process happening here. And regardless of however it shakes out, there's like, it's a big 
collective um, learning moment, I feel. Do you feel like he has any concept that he is initiating a wider experience here? I like, I wonder if he cares. Like he seems so like he, he seems like he doesn't care a lot. Like a lot of his character to me seems like I don't care. And yet I know he's designed to either care a lot or not care at all. So I just love that. Like, I'm just like, "Mm, he's just living his life. But he does something here. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say his whole thing has just been about like clearing his name. I think like, I don't even think he's thinking about like a larger movement. He's like, Mm -hmm. I just... I just want, I don't want my kids, he keeps being like, I don't want my kids to think that, like, I don't want my kids to not know the truth. And so I don't, I don't necessarily think he's thinking about the. Well, he's a two, four. So from that perspective, he's thinking about, you know, personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this, I mean, to me, I've seen so many two fours show up in this way. There's kind of that aloofness to the the two fours. It's like, you want to be intimate with me. You want to be connected with me and be part of my community, but I'm just about me and just having my own experience. And if you want to circle around the edges, cool. You go ahead mm-hmm. and do that. But yeah, he certainly seems like for him, this is an identity, an identity thing, right? That he's like, this is, I can't yeah. have that identity. Mm-hmm. I feel that one too. That feels strong. Yeah. You know, and he hasn't been, I don't, believe anyway he's been working or anything because he was somewhat you know i think dior is ostracized that, like kept his contract was it dior whatever the like everyone i don't know that's your zone that. yeah <laughs> you tell us sure it's the clothing I'm, brand or something right yeah that, yeah that, like, i'm pretty sure dior is like the only one that didn't um didn't drop, drop him. him and yeah. and whoever the harry potter move whatever the harry potter movie is oh the fantastic beast yeah, no, he, he was he was dropped too. from that. He was dropped from that. I thought he came back on. No, no, no. The third movie's just come out and he was replaced in that, which was significant. That was really significant. And also the new the new guy didn't do as good a job. <laughs> no, because you're not Johnny Depp. Though. You're not like, Johnny yeah. freaking Depp. Like <laughs> yeah. Do I know Johnny Depp doesn't have an Oscar? Yeah, right. Oh, can That's we talk wild. about that? I thought about that. Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about that lack of recognition? Let's. From Let's, please. Success? Because mm-hmm. that is something. That is something. I mean, to me, I not He'd- see. To me, this is so obvious because, like, somebody at his caliber who has been in the industry for so long, and I i mean, in every single role, he's nailed it. It's iconic. Like, as you were saying, Kat, he's created characters. Oh, he, yeah. like he, he is the face of movements, of, of characters within movies. I mean, Willy Wonka. He's Edward Scissorhands. Like, how is he? He's Edward Scissorhands. Hands. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. And yet has not received industry recognition for any of that. How does that happen? Can I just probe for a second here? Is this just because like he released the movies at the same time where there was another movie that had the key actor and it was like a competition thing? Or is he just like not nominated? I'm Googling his nominations right now and it looks like he's only been nominated for three and I'm trying to figure out what he was nominated for. Hold on. What? Really? Are yeah, and they were all in the early 2000s. So I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Okay, so yeah, in 2004, he was nominated for the, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh my God, I forgot he was in Finding Neverland. He was nominated for that. He was oh. J.M. Barry. 
And then he was nominated for Sweeney Todd. That's weird. Interesting. That's, These yeah, all well, seem like, like, wait, are we missing chunks of movies that he's done that he did really well? I like, forgot about Finding Neverland. I, I can't he believe was, that. He was Crybaby. Wasn't that like the first thing he did? Mm, I think so. One of the earliest ones. How was he never nominated for Willy Wonka? How was he never nominated for that? I mean, that was epic. He recreated that whole character. Yeah. That was him. He, he carried that whole thing. If you guys want to watch a really good Johnny Depp movie, if you haven't seen it, um, the magic, the Emporium of, oh God, now of course it's going to skip my mind, but it was supposed to be um, Heath Ledger and he died obviously. Um, so they cast like five different actors to play him and they kind of turned it into this shape shifting like in each world it was a different mm-hmm. actor um the movie is the imagination yes the imagine imaginarium of dr parnassus it's one of my favorite johnny Depp movies he's i so think that good. was the first date i went on with derek was <laughs> that i swear and there, it was like a weird movie it was like huh it's yeah weird. yeah mm-hmm. it's really weird Cool backstory, I, though. I didn't know that about Heath Ledger and all the people playing him. Yeah, Thank I'm pretty sure tip. he was supposed to be Heath Ledger and because they started filming it with him and then he died. And so they just like, instead of canceling it, cast all these different actors. I'm pretty sure that's the story anyway. That's a creative solution. Hats off to the producers. That's mm-hmm. a really creative solution. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, without any evidence to support this statement whatsoever, I feel like manifest is not being recognized for success is something that we see show up in other manifestors right in like other kind of like public manifestors that we've seen again have no evidence to support that statement whatsoever other than just feels so what i'm hearing is you're wanting to be recognized for something (laughs) hey a little activating over there for you Ooh, good to know i will stay over here and when i look to you i will just always be spewing compliments so that you know community of manifestors pew pew we love you pew hi luke's vip things you do pew pew there you go Thank you, Vanessa. That's beautiful. You're welcome. I receive it. I appreciate it. (laughs) But I wonder, I wonder if that just kind of general experience that we have of not being perhaps as easily recognized in our field as other people is potentially to do with the closed aura thing. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking as you were talking is that it's got to be the aura. Are we just not as seen for what we do? And doesn't that kind of go against everything that human design says? That like when a manifestor initiates and takes action, we're, you know, impacting people and creating ripple effects. And well, we don't have, we can't control the impact. So even if you just look at Johnny Depp, he can't, you know, even the the trial going on right now, there's look at all the ripple effects in numerous different areas that he's probably not even focused on. Look at some of the topics that we even went into. Like, I think, I think we're incredibly seen, but there are some times where we want to be seen in a particular way. And we don't always get that fulfilled. And it's, you know, that's just something else for us to look at. But I, I think it's, I think in my experience, what I've seen about fellow manifestors, even in my own story, is more people are aware of you than you even realize. Mm. And it's like, how the fuck do you know me? This is a grocery store, you know? Like it's, I, I think we think something because of our closed aura that's not necessarily the truth. Well, it feels almost impersonal. Like going back to this idea of, you know, manifestors and being controlled and people learning yeah. to manifest as a tool. 
it's like, no matter, okay. So no matter who's bouncing off of you and you're, you're impacting this person, not even realizing it, there's, it's impersonal. There's a mm. disconnect there that I think as a manifester, that's when I feel unrecognized is there's mm. always this level of, you don't, you just see me as something that I can do for you. You don't see me totally want me. You know what I mean? You just want whatever I'm giving you. That what I can do for you. Do you that's when they turn us into a tool. Yeah. yeah, that's I, like I, I, I witness that pattern. There's not a lot of conversations about that, but mm. even the way that people encourage manifestors is to benefit the other people no, because they want the manifestor to do something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like they don't. It's it's all weird and skewed from from my perspective, and it's yeah. all um, to how to best wield and manipulate the manifestor in, to help the other. Basically, it's never like about the actual manifestor, even though they're like, it's about you. Mm. we need you to be like this okay so there it is so you need me to be a certain way yeah. thank you that's what i thought i was hearing you know you I need think that's voice so accurate something you don't like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah which does put quite a weight of perfection i mean when we when we talk about like you know manifest of fears and our kind of like hesitations around initiating i personally think that we have extreme validity in, in the fears that we feel when we initiate or when we speak or when we're putting ourselves out there to be seen, because even on those subtle levels, that is what we're receiving back. We are receiving this. Like, I think every time there's a manifesto, potentially when you put yourself out there, you're risking somebody wanting to take you or your work or your energy and utilize it for their own gain. And it it's very subtle. It's quite an undercurrent. Can I, can I tell you some bullshit? I gotta tell you some bullshit. I get, I'm so sorry, but I get so many DMs and emails from people asking me to repopulate my Instagram feed because they want to either copy the design or reference the material. Like they want something from it. And they're like, can you please just go put it back up? Or I really want to send it to my designer so that they can, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. So what I'm hearing <laughs> is, you lost your inspiration source to copy and now you want me to put it back because because that makes you money over there no i will not up, re-upload my library for you thank you move on you know fuck mm. pisses me off mm. i can't believe people have the audacity to do that <laughs> i push people away like you wouldn't believe like you can't dm me you can't yeah and they still they they if there's a will there's a way i suppose so me too vanessa i feel like i say that every third day because I'm constantly angry about that. But I'm like, why are you not getting the message <laughs> that I don't want you to ask things of me? I just mm -hmm. don't want you to ask things of me. I want you with the best of intentions to go and figure it out for yourself because I actually think that that's where the value is at. But also I don't enjoy sharing shit with you. Like that's mm -hmm. just, I, that doesn't bring me any satisfaction. And I think the greatest dichotomy for me is that my work is with manifestors. And so my mind is constantly blown that manifestors will treat me in these ways that they hate to be treated and have zero recognition. Oh my God, good point. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. good point. I mean, something- Your is audience like, is manifestors. They are, oh, thousands man. of them. And I, I mean, something so simple as like, I would get easily probably 20 requests a week for specific types of content. The people are like, I want you to write content on this. And I'm like, I'm a manifester. I, I'm not going to create. Oh, manifestors create. There's such a there's such a fun, easy way to approach that because they can still say what they want to say. And something that people have started saying to me that I love is when they're like, I would love to hear your opinion on blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you would. 
<laughs> like I get so like beefed up. I'm like, you're kidding. Or um, even like, I've, I've, I've been seeing this, like, or I wonder what you would think about, like it's when they approach it innocently and they're not like telling me what to do, but saying like, they've thought of my opinion and perspective. I'm like, oh, that is a good idea. I would, I do have some thoughts about that. And I can, I can wiggle my way into it. But again, I've been somewhat manipulated, you know, like they just know how to get me to do what they want. And I will fully play that game. Like, I'm like, you okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? Sure. You know, so there's a way to handle us. There's a way to talk with us. It's fun. It's funny, actually. We're just bumbling babies. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that we can be manipulated. It is a matter of just working out the game. Like you got to, I mean, as a mother, Absolutely. as a mother to a manifester, now I'm like having fun with the game. I'm like, where do I need to move the chess pieces to make you do what I want you to do? Like dance, little monkey, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> While also mm-hmm. recognizing at the same time that I am playing into social narratives of things that I hate mm-hmm. being done to me, right? I mean, talk mm-hmm. about cognitive dissonance. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I have to like unravel all of this. But yeah, I think that's a really important conversation. Like uh, allowing that acceptance of, yes, as a manifester, I can be controlled, right and I well I think if you're a manifester you have to really sit with the fact that somewhere in your life right now there's a 99% chance you are being controlled Mm -hmm. and we don't want to admit that or look at that but as soon as we accept that that's happening somewhere we can actually come to peace on it to figure out how to navigate that better because the reality of being a manifester is the reality tries to control you that's what it means to be a manifester And you're there to figure out how to manipulate and weave your way through it and cut through those realities and create new ones and cut portals to make the world that you want to make um, because reality is not really designed for you. It's designed for generators. Mm, Point. Kat, you're going through your Saturn return, yeah? Yeah. Has has this aspect of control been kind of a thematic element of your Saturn return? (laughs) The face you just gave me. Her face. Love her face. (laughs) I would say it's been a thematic element of the first 30 years of my life. <laughs> there it um, is. Yeah. Slide, yeah. <laughs> so right. The, specifically. Yes. Um, and, but it's been a lot of like, I feel like one day I woke up and I just, the, my entire world looked completely differently. Like all of a sudden there was a filter on it, but it wasn't like a nice happy filter. It was look at everything, look at it, you know? And yeah. It was like I just realized that everyone around me was wrong and <laughs> like this situation I've been tolerating for the last 5 years but mostly the last 30 years um is unacceptable is not okay and like I shouldn't put up with it and you know it's just it's been interesting and you know both my Saturns are in gate 13 so it's also just been like cycles like everything happening all at once but the main theme has just been people and you know um yeah being controlled and but boundaries too like where am I lacking because I've been controlled like the boundaries I don't have with people but then also how is that affecting the boundaries I've not had with myself um which yeah it's been a lot of fun (laughs) so much of the fun it gets so good it gets so good. The second life phase is just the tits. Yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> Once you're through, honestly, it's yeah, be good. But I mean, for me, good. that was like that. That was really resonant for me too. My first thirty years were like, I mean, the central theme was control, and my whole Saturn return was just a clusterfuck of of control that kind of 
ultimately I lost nearly everything through that and then had to rebuild, which was clearly exactly the journey that I needed to have. Um, but I'm curious about whether other manifestors also have that kind of core element to your, you know, yeah. evolutionary experience. Was that the same for you, Vanessa? My sudden return, I had a child and then I was like constantly in response of the child, you know, and I, from your boundaries, the whole thing, I just think, I think the Saturn return is just so pivotal for every single human being. And for manifestors, I think it can be the peak of where your anger starts to um, surface Mm -hmm. and reveal the grief that's underneath, Mm -hmm. um, which is ultimately good. But for me, it was being controlled by parenthood in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And how I, you know, I couldn't navigate reality the way I wanted to now because of new responsibilities that it was, it was so strange because I love this creation human so much. And yet uh, 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 there's something about that's feeling that yeah, was hella hard, like yeah, controlled by the family. But even though they were doing that, you know, directly, it, I felt some kind of way about it. I felt controlled by the family. I felt that I couldn't do what I wanted because of my responsibilities. Do you feel like it was more of like the situation was controlling because that of that three two transition into the six two? Like it was less about the people and more about the you know what every six line it's it's about the people it's about your relationships and even just till like last year my relationships still were falling away like it's a lot of of relationships i had that i was trying so hard to hang on to even years after my saturn return when i was sitting on the roof but i the the dynamic of the relationship i had entered into and it was unhealthy it couldn't be restored Um, I was enabling the behavior. I wasn't strong enough to change myself in that way. And so for me, I had to just make the break. And it was not about like not loving those people, whether they may feel disdain toward me. I do not toward them. The most loving thing I could do for myself and toward them was let them go, honestly. Um, And then I could really be this free on the roof feeling. But even people I thought, like people I was clinging to, I let them go too. Like it was a real... Yeah. Letting go for me. I think in that, that mothering aspect, there's a, there's a social relationship, even that from my experience, at least trying to resist that social relationship, but there's like, there's a role and there's rules and there's expectations and there's trying to create your own identity as a mother and understanding the complexities of how that got formed and the unconscious things that you take on based on your own childhood experience and the socio-demographic in which you live and all of these aspects. But, um, you know, for me, my Saturn return was when I had stopped having children and I was kind of extrapolating myself from that. I was trying to remove that sense of oppression and control from the mothering role, which ultimately did upset a whole lot of people because it was a, it was like I reneged on the social contract. Right. And a lot of relationships fell away through that time, which in retrospect was a good thing. Right. Me too. It was good things for me too. So when you see these other six lines going in their roof process and they're like, they're, they're always struggling with some kind of relationships and, and you, you know, you're looking at it and, and it's like, you're going to excavate something from that relationship and it's a fucking gem, but there may be crumbled remains. There's a gem in there for you, but you know, you may lose some of the, and, and from a spiritual perspective, I still have relationship with the people that I let go of. Um, I will, you know, journey to them and have conversations or heal things that way. The relationship still exists for me, whether it does for them or not. 
Um, and when it comes to like the parenthood piece of that, it was, it was a splitting for me. It was like going on the roof was a splitting into two. And I literally had now a human being outside of myself that I loved so much, you know? So it was, it was very sick. Giving birth for me was very six line moment. It kind of Mm. created my going on the roof moment. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that. So Johnny Depp is currently going through a satin return, right? Which is like a whole yes. other layer to this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And his cat, can you spill all that for us? Like yeah. dish. Well, lady. I mean, his unconscious Saturn is 13 and 13. it's aligned six too. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember like thinking, I'm like, I can't believe this man isn't aligned six the way I feel like his Saturn return is going. I'm like, God, I, if I had to go through that in public, I think I'd probably just pass away. But <laughs> we laugh, but like I totally get it. Yeah. I fully mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no thanks. Um, but that and I also have 13 as line six in my Saturn. So I just like I see, I feel like I see it. Um, but you know, I don't really know what because I've been watching him. I have to admit, I've been watching this whole thing. And it's been very four, six for me. Like Mm. it's been my own process. I'm watching like this situation and thinking about his design, but also knowing that we have a lot of similarities. And so for me, watching him go through his Saturn return publicly is like helping me go through mine in a very weird way, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm. Um, And yeah, so but you know, the idea of too, like, I think in the one of part of his testimony, he alluded to the fact that this situation and Amber was very much like his mother. And he knew that, which to me is so Oof. gate 13 and Saturn. Like, oh, I missed that. Know. Yeah. And mm. his mom died. And like a week later, almost, I feel like it was within a week. He filed, he asked her for a divorce Huh. and then he and then she started being like you know he's abused me blah 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 blah. like as Mm. soon as he asked for a divorce that's when it started but the fact that his mom died and then that happened within a week of each other it's that's very interesting really Mm. thinking about it from that gate 13 and then consciously it's 49 which is his emotional wave (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good point all about those principles right that has been his running agenda that he's like it's just the principle of the matter that I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not an abuser. That's all. Yeah. Like I just need people to know that's not who I am. And it's like, I'm not seeking the money. I don't really care about the fact that I lost movie roles. He's even said like, I would never return to pirates of the Caribbean, even if they invited me. Like, this is just about the principle of the fact that she called me an abuser and I'm not an abuser, mm-hmm. you know, which is so that's so 49. I feel like, you know, yep. he's like, that's my own agenda. Like, In fact, I was the one who was abused, Correct. you know, like it's like, actually, you know, that feels a bit like heart stuff to me. Yeah. Like, like you're like, he's being claimed that he's an abuser. Let's entertain the idea. He's not like, because we can't really say, but let's just entertain the idea. He's not, he's the, and, and, and the reality is true that he was the one who was abused and it's now being flipped. That would be enough for an emotional manifester to heart defined in there. Yeah. Well, and his 26 is his earth. Like looking at the, his main placements have a lot of 45 is his son. Like it's like a, how dare that surgeon not recognize me? Like, how dare you not realize, like, have you forgotten who I am? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. It makes total sense. 
Yeah. What do we think is going to happen in this case? Predictions. Four sixes. What are your predictions? Y'all know what's up. I feel like this has been so curious for me because my conscious son is in 63. So I'm always looking for like, where's the unearthed truth under all of this? Like, is there an element of doubt to any, any aspect that's being played out? It's quite a fun game for me to play that without any kind of attachment to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think witnessing for me, witnessing Amber Heard be caught out in lies has been a really curious development right? Because that's something I know we've got a lot of like other players. We've got like, you know, body language experts weighing in. We've got, you know, people saying this and people saying that and people from Johnny Depp's past and yada, yada, yada. And all of that's so Elon Musk is a character now. All these characters coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and all of that is just so, that's such an illusion. That's just media games, right? Because none of that can, it's true or not true. Who cares? But not the point. Yeah, I think the fact that Amber Heard has made very clear statements that she has used as evidence to support her narrative and those have been found to be untrue is really damning. That's really, yeah. really damning. Because to me, that's that's a lie. That's quite black and white. If you've stated this is integral, things like, um, you know, she she claimed that the makeup that she would use to cover up. Oh, that story. She was abused, right? And then the makeup company has come out and said... Yeah, right. We didn't, that oh. wasn't even available then. Like we didn't start. We didn't make that yet. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Right. So the comments was, though, the comments were like, that pa- that palette did exist. That's a lie. And like, no, not those shades. This and people like the internet, you can't get away with shit. The internet is going to find you out. Like, <laughs> like we freed Britney. We're going to do anything at this point. <laughs> right. Bow to the people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I say something? That's yeah. not really like about the trial, but like a bigger pattern that I'm seeing. A bigger please. Okay, so um, as you may or may not know, I'm highly obsessed with Kanye West and what's going on with him too. Mm-hmm. And Kanye West, Johnny Depp, same two one day apart, same incarnation cross, same kind of weird situation that's happening at the same time. I and, love that you pointed this you know, out. He's divorcing Kim and like having his own you know johnny's kind of being like no i just care about the truth kanye just wants to control his narrative Mm. um like i'm just noticing the and they're both handling things so differently you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um one might say different types though too right and different profiles like there's just so many differences um Yeah, yeah but like noticing you know kanye could probably have a little bit more graciousness I feel like Johnny's been got more grace in his pinky than I have in my entire body. Like he's holding himself. So, but I've just been, and, and we're in, you know, keeping with that Saturn theme too, like Saturn and Aquarius and just this idea of truth and voice and having a narrative and telling the story Mm. and, you know, communicating my truth. I, I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And allegedly, I mean, uh, allegedly on the outside story, I mean, Kanye West uh, and Johnny Depp, we're looking at supposedly like abuser. And I abuser, love an allegedly right? moment. Hey, allegedly, sir. I love an allegedly like, moment. Just, like nothing is proven. We don't know what's correct or incorrect. But from the outside, it looks like we've got an abuser character in Kanye West and in a, a, a victim character in Johnny Depp, right? And seeing seeing the way that the two of them are responding to this kind of circus 
that's happening yeah. around that very, very different responses. Yeah. And it's, but it's that it's all coming from the same place too, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, wait, we have an abuser character in Kanye. Yeah. Well, he, he's controlling. He's, and he is totally controlling. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know what it is, yeah. is it's that like, I feel out of control. I feel like I've lost everything. I feel out of control. And, you know, interesting too, the difference between them is that Johnny's got that hanging gate 26 and Kanye has the 44, like, so, mm. and they have it 26 in the same spot. So there's that, like, you know, that is a very controlling shadow of that heart energy is like, I need to, you know, manipulate and yeah, you know, that's there. And, yeah. you know, Kanye might be doing that a little bit more like out loud. Um, yeah. I, you know, we can't say for sure, but yeah, Kanye, I'm hesitant. I mean, he's definitely controlling. He's, he's deaf, but only because but there's a whole, everything. yeah, but there's a whole other sphere there too. And this is a black man in the public eye with, you know, mm-hmm. basically self-identifying as white women, a posse of white women who are the mm-hmm. most powerful, influential in the world. You know, like, like there's more dynamic going on there. Well, and how about Amber um, Heard? She's a white woman mm-hmm. and she's yeah. kind of behaving like a white woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she certainly, I mean, again, without any uh, judgment at all over whether the story she's telling is is true or not, she has definitely leveraged her social position to, to gain whatever traction she wanted to gain. I mean, it, like stepping back, all of this actually happened because she published a story in the Washington Post claiming that Depp was an abuser, right? So she created, she created the public viewpoint of all of this. Um, and that's really curious, right? Right at the time when we've got like white women who have been abused, elevated kind of in the public eye and this whole concept around like every woman needs to be believed when she claims abuse, which is tricky, right? That's a really- Oh uh, yeah, I'll jump right in there. I I hate, I hate the story yeah. of woman crying wolf about abuse. Hate that story. Have seen that story, have witnessed that story. Yes, that does happen. But there's a, lo- a larger story of that so many women that are not believed when this happens too. So this whole scene is gross, okay? But it has revealed abuse around men. And it doesn't, you know, let's, let's entertain the idea. Oh my God, how many times have I said that today? Let's entertain the idea that they were both abusive. And who started who started abusing who first okay there's that whole thing she may not realize that she was abusing him and she may have really felt abused and then published something about it and not realized her own abuse because she is living in this reality that women can do anything to men you know so she's completely unaware and goes and does a stupid thing and writes an article about it not realizing her own if she's a one three she's not realizing her part in what she could have done transpersonally in that situation i'm assuming there but let's just go with the story on it um and it's, it doesn't really matter who who started abusing who but there may be abuse in both people but it was obviously a larger story supposed to come out in the public eye it doesn't really matter who shakes out right wrong winner loser but it's bringing up stories that the collective clearly needs to be thinking differently about unfortunately these are the two people in the public sphere living it out for us to learn through Mm -hmm. correct so agree so agree with all that can we touch on the whole aspect of manifest anger 
and how that love to how that's been portrayed. Love to. Paint him as that as an angry person. Like every Correct. time they ask a witness, they're like, "And was he angry?" Mm-hmm. You know, they're like just trying to paint him angry. They all say no, but like, yeah, that. When and we I, know he has that potential. So correct, right? And yet, and yet, uh, from what I've witnessed, all of his behavior has been very peaceful, very, very peaceful. When I look at Johnny Depp, I don't think anger. I mean, I, I think dudes like Zen right um and doesn't yeah, care is what i think cor- uh, correct yeah it's that very like mm-hmm. two line like i'm totally. good in my space like the 18 channel i'm creating what i want to create and like i'm good over here i'm just mm-hmm. just doing my thing and it is very fascinating that that seems to be the tact that the legal team is right you know taking amber heard's legal team is taking that it's this whole like we have to get reinforcement that he is a very angry person why is that when dude's not demonstrating anger at all? Thoughts, pensive it's easy, face. It's, yeah, yeah. I think it's easy. I think it's easy to paint him as like this angry, loaded, druggy. It's just like okay, boring. You know, I don't know. And they Do we love think- to bring up the text messages when they talk about anger too. And, you know, even then like voices and impact any text, those text messages, another person could have sent. And it would have been like, yeah, who hasn't said that? But because he's a manifester, because it's him, all of a sudden those text messages are, you know, proof of the capability of murder. Well, you know what? There's things that we like, nobody should say those things. I get it. And there is that commentary too. From the manifestor perspective, sometimes you're holding such a feeling inside. Oh my God, I'm moving into the sun here. Sorry. Sometimes you're holding such a feeling inside that you have to verbalize and get out that wrath, whether or not you would bring action to any of those things. It feels like that's what, you know, and it's not, it's not an example or representation of what you would do with your physical self, but the energy of of something that you're feeling inside. Um, I have said incredibly angry things as a manifester that aren't necessarily true, but they were something that I was feeling. And so I don't particularly think that's fair, um, but I can see how it's damning to use, you know? So it is what it is, I guess. Do we think that this is a uh, kind of a social issue that when we're we're looking at particularly men, trying to make men out as the abusers, we're looking for that angry behavior or is this an unconscious response to that manifesta energy or, or is it both? Is it kind of a mixture of both things? I think there's a much larger conversation. I think like the entire, the entire trajectory of the globe needs to go towards men's work. Mm. Um, the, The allowing men to connect and tap to their extremely suppressed emotions this is the root of what all the problems are in the world. The conversations need to go to how can we actually support men? And there is this whole other conversation like, how can we do that? They have everything. Like, we're miss- you're missing the point then. The problem is that they're, they are dehumanized right from birth and they are not connected to that anymore. And so that's what the actual conversation is. 
and across the board, numerous different areas, when we start approaching men with a gentleness and a softness and allow them to move into that space, allow their trauma, their abuse stories, all, all the things that have been coming out in the ether with women over the last decade, let's say, that will also exist in some capacity in a quote unquote male sphere. And so those stories need to also come out too, so we can all just become more aware about our humanity and how to take care of each other and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause how can they, you know, when that story of how can you say that there, he's a man, he has everything, you know, yes, because of the patriarchy, but that is the very system that harms men more than it harms women, to be honest. Correct. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I think to be a male manifester must be a really intense experience. I, you know, so then there's that double, it, he's, he really is just the pawn in, you know, whatever we're chipping away at right now, collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, a male know, emotional male manifester, manifester too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That aspect is big. Yeah. yeah. That's a it, good point. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got an intensity in his emotional experience, which is very much not allowed for the role that he plays in society, um, you know, which has got to have a contribution to anger as well. I don't know. I'm, none of us are emotional beings, so none of us have firsthand experience of what it's like to to mm-hmm. be like that. But I have to assume that if you're feeling an intensity of emotion that you are not, um, you haven't been taught to process or to experience or to acknowledge that has to be a contributing factor to an anger expression. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all energy. It all wants to come out somehow. And somewhere. this is the most complex manifester. Like if you're studying human design, the most content on any manifester is going to be the emotional manifester because of how complex that is. Mm-hmm. You have to wait, but you're not supposed to wait. There's a war. Mm-hmm. And his emotional authority is unconsciously defined too. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. even really have awareness around what's going on probably until after the fact. Totally. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I shared a, uh, a meme last night on Instagram about uh, like manifestors digging themselves out of a hole after they've been angry. Right. And you're like, create the damn hole for yourself and then you got to dig yourself out and uh, i'm just gonna go lay in that bed actually for me that's just like a grave i'm gonna take a hermit nap in thank you bye see you in a year i am there all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and somebody commented on it, a manifester commented on it and said isn't this just having anger issues right and i said oh no this is like anger for a manifester is a, an energetic experience about alignment or misalignment right it's not necessarily just an emotional expression. And uh, she didn't seem too happy with that, which is a, you know, a whole other conversation. But I thought that that brought up a really curious point in terms of how other people are seeing anger in manifestors and also how then we have learned to see anger ourselves as manifestors. Like to me these days, my anger is not the same as a non-manifestor anger. I don't feel like it's an emotion. Absolutely. Like it is, it's a volcanic energetic thing that's just happening on its own and it needs to get out. It needs to move out. Otherwise it just creates havoc, right? And I, you touched on it before, Vanessa, like the stuff that you say or do when you're angry is not even tethered to reality. I don't think it's just this kind of volatile stuff that like <laughs> needs to come out it's like an image honestly it's like an immature inner child just <laughs> like just spewing shouting it's not it's and and we you know 
because we were so suppressed as children, not allowed to do that. That's why it kind of comes out the way it does now. And there are healthy ways we can approach and have a relationship with our anger. I completely agree with you. I fully echo what you said. Anger is sacred. It is not the same as this not self anger that, you know, that it, that is somewhat distorted. And if you feel it, you're bad. No, like some of the most potent manifestation fuel for me is when I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I can make absolutely anything happen in that space because it's like it's called all my energy it's all ready to go it's at the surface where are we pointing this and what what are we going to do to manifest in this realm like that's what's happening there and whether that's because you're put into a corner because you're so angry and you need to do it to survive or if you've seen an injustice in the world and you can't believe that it could be so and just it just gives you again ego authority over here though it just gives you that fuel um to initiate Yeah. You know, it's not a bad thing. Like sometimes there are very valid reasons to be angry and to not allow yourself to go in that is anger is human. Mm. I think when I'm angry, I make the most aligned decisions. I agree. I agree. I think things become, they become very clear. Crystal clear. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. What? As a splenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a splenic authority, like nothing is ever completely clear to me. It's all kind of wishy-washy and ambiguous. But yeah. in, a, in a state of anger, I feel like it is black and white, in or out. I am like, mm, <laughs> ready. Thank you. And I, like, I actually, po- politics aside, I think we're seeing a cool example of that in Vladimir Zelensky at the moment as a 4 6 splenic manifesto. Like, he is fueled by That's anger. That's another interesting story. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, the whole like Putin Zelensky thing, manifesto v. manifesto. I mean, that's like a whole whole conversation. Oh my God. Yeah. Right? I know that you're right. But I mean, he is he's fueled by anger right now. And he's creating a global community movement off that anger, which I think is healing to to our story of anger. What I'm really curious about is like, I mean, at kind of wrapping back into Johnny Depp, like <laughs> We, I think we can come to terms with our anger. We can come into that sacred connection with our anger. But I think that the rest of the collective actually still struggles to appreciate and fully understand that manifest anger is not just anger. It's not just, you know, like in the case of Johnny Depp, for example, that like him potentially sending those text messages is not, is not him being an angry, controlling abuser necessarily, Right. It could, and I think there was even like a video released of him, right? Like yelling at a production assistant or something that was also like evidence of his intolerant Rage. behavior. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But to me, that was like, dude was just an angry manny. Like he probably yeah. just got interrupted or was asked to respond one too many times or like <laughs> he was tired or hungry or fucking whatever. Whatever. Um, you know, but like how, how do we navigate that when we've, still got people kind of coming back to us and saying your anger is not okay because it makes you xyz kind of person or it makes me you know what yeah oh afraid of you yeah you i anger is 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 a good teacher for me mm-hmm. um you're laughing at me you both um <laughs> you're just having to be <laughs> <so> beautiful <laughs> anger is a Okay, let me get my monologue out here. Let me get it out. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Anger is a good teacher. End of monologue. Thank you. Okay. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, in my in my own deconditioning experience, something that has been happening over the last two years. And you know, after you've hit three years of studying, you've like hit this critical mass of deconditioning that you kind of tip over, and there's this whole new landscape kind of opens to you. And for the last few years, there's been a lot of distance around my anger. It's as if I can feel it approaching. It's like we're gonna be angry about this. Oh boy. You know, it starts to approach. And it's as if it sits in the middle of the room in this little ball and I walk around it and I don't have a great way of fully engaging with it and letting it out. Like I'm now in this place of where I'm angry I, I'm, and I'm vocalizing, I'm angry right now, but I look very calm. You, you couldn't particularly tell. And so now I'm, I'm in this space of, I'm, I still feel that I'm holding all those emotions. I still, I feel them approach. I feel them expand. Um, I feel them destabilize me and disorient me. And it's always from interruptions. Like the littlest interruption, the dog bark gives me that little feeling in my body. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is constant because I'm in a generator reality. It's not designed for me. So I'm going to constantly be feeling that. How might I make peace and enter into relationship with that? And for me, it looked like creating some kind of separation around it. But then to go and actually, I'm still working through this, but find the way to then release that safely because I'm someone who has been violent um, or who does weaponize their words. And I actually don't want to do that, but I'm not controlled by those parts of me at all anymore. Like I have full control of when the rage comes in and something that has happened in the moment when I'm, let's say, arguing with my partner is I will then say, I'm going to yell. I'm upset. So I'm going to yell. I just want you to know I'm going to yell. And like, and I like warn, and then I go, and then I go into this whole thing, but he's not taking it personally already. He knows I'm just, you know, and, and so the people you have around you can really help you with your anger. Like if they're informed and they're willing to work with you, but some people, your anger is too activating for them and they can, it's not safe for them to be around you. And we have to accept that as well. But it's, it's can always just come out like I'm going to yell. Sometimes there's no one around for me to get it out too. And I'm like, I, I feel like I need to go into an output. Like I need to go, let's say box or jog or, but I'm not particularly a physical person. So sometimes it literally just looks like screaming in a pillow. Sometimes it's singing the, sh- the shit out of a song, like after a, something that I can connect to, but I, I don't always have the, the ability to get it out. Like sometimes I'm too disconnected from it and it's just there sitting festering in me somewhere. You know, like this little ball somewhere. So I've got all these little orbs of anger inside that I'm just like juggling with. But um, it doesn't have to control us is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think just that validation that anger is actually constant for us. It's probably the only element that's consistent, in fact. In yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm yeah. like always angry about something. I'm angry about something. And learning all of that the nuance of the contextualization of that like when is it acceptable for me to express anger and in what way and how are these people who are around me at this time going to receive it are there other people that will receive it differently and um, I love that you inform I do the same thing with my family and I'm trying to teach my mini manifester to do that with his anger as well Mm. Um, but that's in a safe environment I mean there are other environments where even if you did inform it's still not going totally received acceptably you know and you're absolutely right you know I just think it's a lifelong it's a lifelong lesson for us and perhaps one of those spaces that we say we don't have the capacity to control how other people are going to receive that like you mentioned Vanessa you know where manifest is I'm not as angry though you know yeah 
But even that, even that, like I'm not as angry. Like I was way angrier before. There is such distance and separation around my anger now that I do feel I can step into it when it's safe for me. Mm-hmm. Because the environment around me sometimes won't always hold me in my anger. And I need it to in order for me to be healthy. And you know, another really great teacher that we have to look to, and this is a great example, is look at how villainized the black woman is as soon as she lets her anger out. I think that's a perfect example of healing needing to be done around this. Like anger needs to come out. It is, it's underneath anger is grief. Grief has to come out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, when people, cause I've, I've had, I've had people like comments made to me before about being like afraid of, you know, I'm afraid of upsetting you or I'm afraid of making <laughs> you angry. because I'm afraid of your anger. But to me, like, how could we, what would it look like if instead of people being afraid of manifest or anger, cause it's ultimately never personal, like you felt safe because I feel like as manifestors, we can understand and hold space for other people's anger because we understand oh, yeah. the angry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm in relationship with people, I, I feel like I navigate confrontation so well in a lot of ways because I can hold space for someone else's anger and I don't take it personally. And I, I agree. People, if they're, you know, if it's the right relationship, obviously feel very safe releasing anger in, in my presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, what would it look like if instead of being afraid of the manifest or anger, it was, you know, I mean, Revered. that's a truth, right? Like you have to be because ultimately our anger is just making you uncomfortable about something in you, maybe your anger that you're not releasing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So good. Here Love is that. a potentially triggering question. In the aspect yes. of an Love angry manifester, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, right? Is there a possibility that the dynamic in their relationship was Johnny Depp expressing his anger and Amber Heard feeling like that made her a victim of abuse and then responding with equally abusive relationship back to him, equally abusive behaviour, sorry, back to him in the relationship. Is it possible that he, in fact, may have been seen by her as an abuser, but he was actually just a manifester expressing anger, perhaps in unhealthy, confrontational, challenging ways to his partner? I think that's absolutely yeah it's absolutely possible like we don't know like she may have been let's say like let's entertain there it is let's go into her story what perhaps she was a totally abused child maybe she was assaulted maybe she was bullied maybe she has a, a, a collection of awful things and then she's in relationship with someone who has a connection to his anger and it could be very activating and triggering for her whether that those traumas are conscious or not conscious and it could then make her act in a way. I think as soon as we like make remember everybody is a human, like he too may have had an abuse story from his childhood. And so he may be acting in a way that he's not conscious. He has that abusive behavior. All of that, there may be a, a lot of lack of awareness. Either way, it doesn't sound like they were treating each other with the way that you would want someone to in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say that you love each other. So ultimately it's like who abused who? It sounds like they both abused each other. Who started it? I think it's very possible Johnny Depp did. Mm. 
-hmm. honestly, or activated something in her bait and, and brought out the skeletons in either of their closets. Like something about these two people coming together may have brought out some type of behavior um, that may never have existed in previous relationships. I saw one of um, Johnny Depp's former romantic partners come on and say like, he has never distributed this type or displayed, excuse me, this type of behavior. It's not to character. And that was like good for his like case, I guess. But to me that what it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Anything could happen with whom, like it's about the individual relationship, not necessarily the pattern. Just because he never did that to anybody doesn't mean he maybe didn't start abusing here. Like that's not the actual story to me from an energetic perspective. Um, it, what's what the story is to me from from energetics is this is a manifester who is being manipulated, like from my perspective, for his money. Um, not that he acted perfectly innocently through the whole thing. Obviously, both parties did lots of things, but he's he's a channel of money. There's a he's got a provider energy to her, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could have inadvertently perhaps initiated this entire experience. Absolutely, totally yeah. could have. That's hugely possible, you know. Unfortunately, like. And the aura too, like she can't really see behind the curtain. She doesn't ultimately know. So anything that she's got making up in her head and responding to essentially is like, maybe not even true, but if there's not communication, you know, I guess. Can we just like, why the fuck does she shit on the bed? <laughs> or allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and his whole thing is to retreat, right? Like, so yeah, yeah. He, in conversation, he retreats. So then that adds a double layer of like, what is actually, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What is happening? And then kind of that spiral. Yeah, the whole thing is toxic. Right. But he was also likely yeah. not informing either, right? As far totally. as we know, manifest, totally. like Johnny Depp is not aware that of human design or that he's a manifestor. So he won't naturally be informing. Um, which could create. I love how we all say that. Like we all say, we all assume these celebrities don't know their human design and it's very possible they all know. And that's why they're all famous and in the public eye. Like we assume these people don't know, you know, (laughs) conspiracy theory. (laughs) Why are they famous? Why have they figured it out? They're all perfect examples of their design. And I want to say people are, is it great case six line moment? isn't reality so interesting when you start to watch people through the lens of human design? It's like, well, that's why you're doing that. And you're predictable there. And you're predictable there. Like everything is so interesting, even though you can predict it. <laughs> I so agree. <coughs> I so yeah. agree. I love just, it. Like, we'll sit back on the roof and just watch. Just watch now, the little minions do their thing. She's going to do this and he's going to do that. Oh, there they go doing it. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> oh, my God, ladies. We are at just over an hour, so I think we should wrap up. But do either of you want to share anything else, inform on anything else, discuss anything else? I want to hear what Kat thinks is going to happen. I didn't hear your prediction. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. Well, first, first of all, I don't think it matters ultimately. Um, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that whatever he, like, whatever he wanted has already happened. So, you know, he'll be fine. I feel like for me, from a Johnny Depp perspective, he's going to win if he behaves correctly. Like, mm. he just, needs, yeah. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like, he just needs to control himself and navigate this in the way that, like, he knows he needs to navigate it. And on the other side, he'll make a lot of money. That's like my personal opinion. 
which he's doing so far right from what we've seen he's like he's he's towed the line he's behaved beautifully and I so I think ultimately it doesn't matter I do sometimes worry about him drawing like you know he sits there and draws and I get nervous that that's gonna harm subliminal slip yeah well not only that but you know I think there's something to be said about having a defined ego where it's like you don't almost, you almost don't try as hard as everyone else because you don't need yeah. to. And sometimes that backfires. <laughs> I mean, that whole, like, backfires. <laughs> collective shadow around the ego, just like watching people respond to your ability to use ego energy and their inability to consistently use it. I mean, that's something that is something, you know, like I know I've lost jobs before in like an interview process because I just wasn't trying as hard as everyone else because I don't need to, tr- like, I, I have nothing to prove to you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. care. Mm-hmm about showing off or making you like me it's so, your treat to hire me you know what I mean that's a weird <laughs> <thing. They're> like, <laughs> so you don't want to hire me bye yeah and they're like why do you want this job and I'm like I don't I need money <laughs> yeah yeah like, why do you yeah, want me totally like, why no that you know what that's how I got okay I every job interview sorry I'm so sorry Holly but every job interview I walk into I would sit down me imagine me as like a 19 year old walking into a magazine okay <laughs> And I'm like, why should I work here? And I already had the job. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's the most powerful way to walk into an interview because they're like, what can you do for us? I'm like, well, why? Even if they approach me and ask me that first, I immediately say, well, why should I? What's so great about working here? Why should I? And they start to beef up their company and they, they start to sell it to you. And I just love it. Okay, last, sorry. Last thing I wanted to say about the drawing, Johnny Depp and the drawing. He's right brain, right minded. Yeah. So that's literally, he's just paying attention. Like and if he doesn't two. draw, it's yeah. 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 That's like yeah. he's and gotta he have that that kind of um aura almost like uh, it's almost like a neurochemical output. His his brain has to function and process the information that way and push it out in this creative mode to just release energy. I'm not even sure that he's fully aware that that's something unusual. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But I assume that's probably something he's done for most of his life. And just at this juncture, he's realized that that's something that's helpful for him. Can I share a quote? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he said this during his testimony, he said, I need to create, of course I want to create, but I need to create because I need to summon whatever it is that has to be summoned whoa and I was like <laughs> I paused the video and wrote it I went, rewound it and wrote it down because I wanted it worse urge words. territory yeah manifest a quote <laughs> yeah and, you know that whole right brain right mind too like he's he does he just needs to do it he doesn't know what he's doing he just has to get it out like he's just trying to get it out and his perspective is um left so he's got a mind and a brain that's like, and so then focuses and draw something to focus the, the perspective. That's, I think he should keep drawing and maybe he'll, things will go well for him. Well, at the very we'll least, he could, he could like sell the book of drawings NFT. after the trial, right? And make a He does. He turns them into, he turns them into he's NFTs. NFT. Like he's already on it. Yeah. Of course yeah. he is. He's monetized the whole damn thing. Totally. He's Freaking got a whole system. <laughs> Oh my gosh, ladies, I could talk to you about this all day. I feel like this is like even just scraped the surface of what's going on. And I am going to continue avidly watching it and uh, following the both of you (laughs) as you inform and share along the way. Really interesting to see your opinions and perspectives. But thank you for coming on. 
thank you for taking your time and your energy and your insight and your manifest voice to share with the audience. Love being here. Yeah, Love being here. I'm feeling like I was shimmying there real, in case it yeah. didn't audibly come through. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am going to take this massive boost of ego energy to my already defined ego and just like traipse out yes. through the day like the fucking yes. goddess I now feel. It's going to be. Yeah. Great. Thank you, team. Yeah. Um, of course, if any of you listening do not already follow Vanessa or Catherine and or Catherine, check them out. Um Vanessa specializes in human design. It's kind of the queen of environments. So definitely well worth a follow. And Catherine, I think you're still in evolution, right? I mean, I she's the evolutionary the empress. <laughs> the evolutionary empress is retiring too. So <laughs> who knows what I'll be in a month. <laughs> I mean, Catherine does like a bit of human design, a bit of like spirituality, a bit of tarot, right? Like you just kind of like just astrology, like throw it all in there. Just watch, just watch <laughs> I want to tell you guys what I'm doing Yes, for, for the ending, for the ending here. I am making a human design reality show. Go what? I'm going to go human design entertainment full on. Cause I'm like edutainment, human design edutainment. And now I'm like, I have my app. It's going network. We're just going to put shows in there, point out human design and just like fucking go for it. No, I'm serious. I'm really serious. It's so, it's so six line. Okay. Because everybody's like, teach, teach, teach human design. We have tons of great teachers. We need to see examples in real life. So kind of in the sphere of like my show on the roof, but I'm going to do it. The app now is going to start. We're having like a show with like all the characters in it. Like literally a reality show interview, Kardashian style, that whole thing. I apply to be on the circle every season. <laughs> well, I think I have to fully get out of like wellness human design and go into entertainment production. And as soon as I fully allow that, like, and I work with a generator now, and I feel like I've got to be like, you can like together us, um, like we'll help you with your productions. Like, I think I have to do that instead of being like, I'll do your human design reading, you know? Um, but it's like, a, it's like, I'm waiting for these eclipses and then to finally kind of like come out and be like, look it, let's just, we need to, we need to come subscribe to my app. It's a network. We're going to be putting more shows in here. We'll figure it out as we go, but it'll be like entertaining. Cause people aren't, people are wanting, people aren't buying this the way they were. Like they're not buying help and fix myself and work on it and learn. They want to just like, they want pleasure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. You know? And like whatever, whatever kind of Genesis you are going through as a manifestor over the last 18 months, Vanessa, it is fucking fascinating to watch because you are producing just the most extreme, amazing things from your creative urges. I mean, looking at the spacious app coming out and then the frequency hotel and now this, a reality TV show. I mean, like to me that that stuff is that is such high frequency energy coming through in those urges. Yeah. That it tells me you are working the shit out of yourself. Like you, you can't do that unless you are so beautifully aligned and so surrendered and, and in a trust relationship with your urges and you're honoring the rest and like all of it, just all of it. I just, I, you know, just recognizing you, I'm just sitting back, like, look at that manifest to go. Look at it. Very hard to show up on social media though. Really need someone doing that for me now, but I'm going to just have to get, I'm just going to have to get away from like 
trying to grow it and back to like, here's my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then have somebody else do it in the other things that I work on. Cause it's, it's really hard to do that. People are like, you haven't been on what miss you. And I'm like, Oh, I've just been busy. Like, yeah, but it's the constant conundrum as a manifester. I don't know. I mean, Kat, you have had such a curious experience with social media yeah, just over the last two years, right? Like you've lost accounts and lost accounts, lost and, account. lost accounts yeah. and then like restarted all over again. Talk about satin return, right? Like madness. But I think for yeah. all of us, social media is just, it's like the bane of your existence. It's like, mm -hmm. it's so necessary and yet it is so misaligned. It's, it's for me, it's constantly like, oh, I'll like jump in and I'll try this and it'll feel good. And then, oh no, shit, that's toxic as well. Like, whoops, oh, like yeah. come back again, like let's review this again. You know, I just think that's an experience each one of us has. Maybe arguably even all non-sacrals have that. I don't know, but I, it's something. Yeah. Was this so much fun? This was amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finally go because we've been saying bye for half an hour. Okay. It's great. Okay. Thank you for being here. Manifestors, appreciate your insights. Um, all of our love to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard in however this situation is going to turn out. And uh, for everyone who's listening, if you've got thoughts, share them. Share them on the, <laughs> the dreaded social media. And uh, <laughs> we, can, we can connect with you over there if we have the energy available to do it. So... Thanks for listening. We'll figure it out. That'll be right. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing, and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also, please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast, and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.